Hey guys, welcome back to the Moto Academy podcast, the number one podcast in motocross. If you enjoy listening and want to watch full episodes, you can enjoy them inside the Moto Academy app. Try your first month free by using code MOTOFREE at club.themotoacademy.com and experience the world's best online motocross community and training platform. Again, that's code MOTOFREE at club.themotoacademy.com. See you guys inside the app. Hey, Moto Academy. Uh, shoot, we're firing up another episode, Moto Academy podcast, number one podcast in motocross. Uh, this week's episode, Millie, baby Millie, she's going to be making an appearance because guess what? We're home alone. Allie went to the gym, first day back at the gym since she's had the baby. I think that's against doctor's orders, but she's going to take it light. I think she just honestly wants to hop on the treadmill and just feel like she's at the gym doing something productive, which I don't blame her. Um, so now I'm left to podcast with Millie, who I'm going to be honest, is being a little fussy at the moment, but nothing we can't deal with. Um, guess what? I'm going back on tour. I'm going back on tour. We got Coach Mitchell, who's been holding down the fort, and he'll still continue to do so. But I'm coming back. Uh, so we've got a whole bunch of dates that we've released. Make sure you guys go to the website, tour.themotoacademy.com, and check out all the dates that we've got on there. December 8th, which is the end of this week. This is probably already come and gone by the time this podcast has come out. Casa Grande, uh, Motorland, love that track in Arizona. That will be my first one back. December 11th, Hurricane Creek, Louisiana. Then we're going to Florida, December 18th, Tampa MX. Love that place. December 19th, back-to-back days, we got Okeechobee, Moto Bros, that track's amazing. December 29th, Silver Valley MX in North Carolina, also an awesome track. I mean, honestly, that's all we do here at the Moto Academy is we pick awesome tracks. Why do I not... Where are the rest of these? Featured? What's going on here? Tour dates. Oh, I see what I did there. 23 and 24 are separated. Silly me, doesn't know how to work my own website. January 4th, Cahia Creek. Is that how you say it? Don't know. Um, seems like it's a really cool track. I haven't been yet. How you doing down there? Oh, this is getting difficult, guys. This is getting difficult. Okay, Millie. Let me... Let's pull out all the stops here. We're going to do a little drapage over the, over the shoulder. It sounds like you're a little gassy. Okay, so just some protection there. Watch the mic. Watch the mic here, right up here. This, oh, instant, unbelievable, right on the flannel. You kidding me? You just missed, Millie, you just missed it. Oh, I loved this shirt. Gosh, freaking dang it. Does that throw up on your cheek? Oh, I'm gonna, oh, well. Well, well, folks, hope, this is so difficult. Okay. Where else are we going, Millie? Uh, we're going to... Oh, we're going to Creekside, Texas. Yes, January 15th. Uh, also an awesome track. Then we're going to... Clicked into it by mistake. Unbelievable. Then we're going back to Florida, Milton, Florida. Right in the panhand Panhandle, MX191. Awesome track. Great dirt. Amazing dirt. It's okay. Hang on. This is... I gotta get better at holding a baby. You think I'd be better at it by now? Uh, January 26th, Paradise MX in South Carolina. Uh, I'll just go through the end of January here. Then we're going to Okafinoki. Worst track name I've ever heard of, but that's okay. January 26th, that's in Georgia somewhere. Haven't been there yet, but looks amazing. January 29th, going to the Pit MX. Haven't been there yet either. New location. That's in Louisiana. Uh, and that's all our January dates. We've got a bunch of February dates on the website as well. So go check them out. Those ones are all filling up quick, um, especially the ones with yours truly. So don't wait. If you want to sign up, go sign up. And I'm excited to get back to it and get back training with you guys. It's been a little bit of time off. And by time off, it's honestly, it's not time off from working um, on the business. It's just time off more so from traveling. But holy cow, I tell you what, the the time off to be able to work on the business couldn't have come, come at a better time. And it, it, it feels so productive that it makes me never want to travel the way that I was before ever again, which I won't. Hang on, guys. Let's hang on. All right. 
Oh, good job, Millie. Great job. Great job. Okay, let's hope that works. Little burpage, just a just minor throw up on the shirt. Um, my oh oh, it, it's worse than I thought. It's worse than I thought. I tell you what, it's a little scary when they throw up too, because sometimes she'll do it when she's on her back, and it sounds like she's gonna choke on it. So you got to go in for the rescue mission. Um, but am I recording? Okay. It's been so nice to be home and which I've never experienced before. And I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before or not, by the way, um, I do enjoy doing these solo podcasts. So I hope you guys enjoy them. It seems like you have been, which is why we're bringing them back. Uh, it seems like you guys have enjoyed the ones with Alley Cat as well. So we'll be bringing a bunch of those back. Um, but being home, first time really in my life experiencing it to this level. And it's nice. It, it does though, and uh, bear with me because these solo episodes just are going to go all over the place because my thought patterns just go everywhere and that's okay. Uh, it presents a whole new set of issues in that it is... I have been very used to, in my life, wide open. Crazy moment after highlight moment, after highlight reel, after crazy race, after traveling to this part of the world, to this part. Honestly, it's been that in my entire life. And I did find, and I just didn't really have time to process this, but in those time periods, I would have these lulls and these low points when I would get home because that's, of course, um, you're you're probably going through adrenal fatigue at that point. You're having these big highs where um, you're having these just crazy moments and then you have to come home and, and live a normal life for a couple of days. And it was it was difficult for me to figure that out. When you're home all the time, it, it almost life becomes easier easy and repetitive to the point where you then have to sort of address those issues again and like, well, okay, what am I going to occupy my day with? And how can I be present without having to feel guilty that I'm not out traveling? Oh, we got more throw up coming. We got more throw up coming. It's okay. Coming in for the mission. Yep. We're coming. Whoa, whoa, Millie. She's got a strong neck and she'll just throw herself around sometimes. Good job. So much throw up all over yourself, huh? Yeah. So much throw up everywhere. That's okay. That's okay. That's all right. Whoa. We're doing a whip? All right, let's get straight. Good job. Great job. Good job. Hopefully that's comfortable. So it's been good practice for me to be able to, uh, I guess, learn more about myself, which I've been doing this last year like crazy anyhow. And I just think it's the timing of everything now. It's just making a lot of sense. Honestly, guys, she hasn't been like this ever, period. Unless Allie experiences it when I go to the gym. Do you want more? Hey, have you ever thought about not throwing it up and maybe you wouldn't need so much? Here, move your hand. Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, ma'am. Please move your hand. Excuse me. Uh, for those of you just listening, uh, we basically sometimes have to fist fight to be able to get her to, and especially when I'm changing a diaper. It's like I'm we're doing jujitsu to try to get that diaper change sometimes. She's going to be strong. Working on that off the bike fitness, Millie. Very good. So yeah, I've been enjoying it. Um, this podcast episode, I'm going to answer your guys' questions. So just a real quick shout out to everybody inside of the app. All right, is that more comfortable? I've been loving. Good God. Come on, settle in. Good girl. It's been really nice. No, I'm not even gonna try to keep talking, am I? No, cause why would I? You keep interrupting. 
in every time I talk, she wants to talk. Interesting, Millie. You want to get the last word in? In having the Moto Academy community, day-to-day, me logging into the app, responding to people's messages, being a part of the community, it it does truly, like, it gives me purpose day-to-day, and I love, I love doing it. So thank you guys that have been a big part of it. I still consider everybody at this point OGs, and it in that it's early days, the user interface of the app is just in the very early stages. The app itself is in early stages. The community itself is really in its infancy years, just first couple of years. So for those of you that believe in kind of what we have going on and the community, I, it, I, do, I do think it speaks for itself when you get inside of the app, how amazing everybody is, how helpful they are. Everybody's just trying to serve everybody else and make everyone better on and off the bike. And I am very grateful for that. So thank you. I am also grateful for those of you that just listen to this podcast casually and aren't inside of the app. Um, but I do urge you guys get in there, check out the app, go to club.themotoacademy.com and uh, enjoy it free on me. Go use code MOTOFREE um, to be able to get that first month for free. And then you can send in your video submissions. So I'm going to answer your guys' questions today. Uh, good old Tony's got them queued up for me somewhere as soon as I can get my hands on my phone. I will answer them for you guys. Uh, what else has been new with me? There's a truck driving by extremely slow. Definitely looking at the Moto Academy van. That's a little concerning. Uh, I always get nervous when I have to park this thing in my driveway. Just, it's a billboard like, come rob me. Luckily, I don't have anything of value in the garage or in the van other than thousands of dollars worth of equipment in the van. Oopsie daisy. Uh, but I don't keep my bikes here for that exact reason. Uh, what else is new? I've been working out every day. Thank you, Allie, for allowing me to go to the gym every day. Sticking with Millie while I go. Uh, cardio is is decent. I start with a mile, and I just try to do that mile as quickly as I can. So it kind of acts as a warm-up slash sprint at the same time, and I'm up to like being able to do it. I think last time I did, I did it at 9.6, the speed on the treadmill for the whole mile. Um, which is pretty fast. I think it was in the high fives as far as pace. I don't know how accurate that is on a treadmill, but I feel like cardio is okay. It's always though, you guys I'm sure can attest when you get back on the dirt bike, it's always feels like you are out of cardio shape, at least to some extent. And then fitness, pretty good uh, as far as strength goes. So upper body, definitely pretty strong. Core, uh, as strong as it has been. probably since 2014. Um, I can do more push-ups and pull-ups than I've been able to do since 2013 or 14, which was like me at 21 years old. So uh, I am feeling strong. I haven't been on the dirt bike in a long time. When was the last time I was even on a bike? I don't remember. I don't remember. It's been definitely over a month. So, and I don't know how much I've updated the podcast about this, but it's these the conversations with Allie and myself, good girl, have been very much that I don't want to race unless I'm more prepared than last year. So we're getting to that point where I'm starting to be behind the eight ball just because of what we have coming up. Um, some big, big plans that we have for the Moto Academy that have to take precedent over me racing this year, potentially. So that's okay. I think that I'm gifted with some really good genetics in the sense that I can race for probably longer than the 99% of the, the pro population. Um, and I haven't had that many injuries. So that combined with my genetics, I really think there's no reason if I wanted to that I couldn't race until I was in my late 30s or early 40s, honestly. Um, I saw a video on one of the media outlets that Billy Leninovich is coming back at age 40 to do some supercross. That's awesome. Love that. Um, and yeah, I think I could be hyper competitive up until my late thirties. So if I have to take a year off to really spend time with this little gal, uh, spend time with Doug and Allie and square away a couple of really key things with the business, then that's what I'm going to do. And 
what's interesting is me coming to terms with that is also in the ver- at the very same time, I want to race now more than I ever have. So that's what's really interesting. But I think that I've just learned to be a little bit more um, patient as of recent. And where I used to feel like everything was a sprint and that if I would stop for a day, God forbid, a week. Oh, so that was dirt bike people because now all the dirt bike people are flying by. I felt like if I were to stop for a day or a week, I would everything would crumble to pieces. And at the beginning, there was some truth to that. Like I didn't have infrastructure of a business. I barely even know what knew what uh, a business was and how to operate one. I didn't have much of a team together. I just had a couple of employees like doing random tasks. And now, especially over the last couple of months, we have, man, have we really started to dial things in. So I don't know if any of my employees listened, any of the team listened to this podcast or not, but shout out. Tony in the COO role has done amazing and I'm super grateful. That is, That was the one hire I was most scared of. And because essentially it's it's me it's me like he has to be me to some extent and and he's in charge of all of the employees and he's overseeing everything and he also has to um have a lot of you know come to the table with creatives as well and uh, it was difficult for me to be able to let go enough to to delegate that that position but Delegating that position has been one of the best decisions I've ever made because it was the one thing that was taking up all of my time. It was the operations of everything. I was the guy that was in charge of all the employees. I was the guy that was doing payroll. I was doing customer service emails. I was the teacher. I was the pro supercross rider. I was all of it. And it was becoming, it was just starting to become impossible. And I think I've spoken on this before, so my apologies. But it, the good way to describe it is you really find yourself kind of stuck working in the business instead of on the business. And um, so I'm just grateful to have Tony, and he's learned very quickly. He gels extremely well with the rest of the team, and it's awesome. Um, we brought on Grant Eckhart, who Grant's been amazing, and he was thrown to the wolves. He had a big set of deliverables right off the bat. Um, he didn't have even a ton of experience in the specific things that we were tossing him into. And um, we did our best to try to make Grant feel comfortable and not overwhelmed. But at the same time, it was so much work right off the bat that um, I'm just glad that he was able to hop on, get on Cadence just right away. Uh, and again, just gels with the team. Amazing. And that's almost like the most important factor is having a team of people that they're all buddies. They're all friends. Last night, they're all in their chat and I'm in bed because Allie and I go to bed at 7 p.m. And I wake up and it's just 500 pictures of everybody's dogs for some reason. And it's like the, the chat will go from very on point and business oriented during the day. And then as soon as nighttime comes around, like everybody's just goofing with each other and texting back and forth and because we're all friends. Uh, and I think that that is very powerful when it comes to having a team that is actually friends with each other and has that good balance of like work slash friend relationship. Um, yeah. And Grant's, Grant's just been killing it. Um, Jackson took a full-time role, social media guy, and Jackson has been doing extremely well. Um, bringing creatives to the, the table. Um, even even as something as simple for Jack, not not for Jackson, but just for anybody, is like creating a caption. It's such a specific thing when you talk about Moto Academy. You talk about my personal page. Um, that's not an easy thing to do, and Jackson has really taken that on extremely extremely well. And it that position requires a lot of trust in an individual as well, because that's the that's the image, that's the brand, our social media. Um, that's our brand. That's who we are. So. To be able to trust somebody like Jackson in that role, it's, it feels very nice. Um, and he's just been killing it. Hannah, HR Hannah's been killing it. She's a executive assistant, for lack of a better title. Handles pretty much, she organizes the the entire group of guys that are sometimes all over the place. And, and Tony does a good job of that too, but Hannah, um, 
she makes sure she makes sure that we're in line. She she books all of our travel and handles so many travel headaches. So thank you, Hannah. I know that's got to be a not fun part of your job, um, but also hyper creative. She does an amazing job doing our email marketing campaigns, and she knows the look, and she she understands the vision, which is which is huge. And she's been working hand in hand with website Nate, who we're working like basically getting to the point where now like website Nate is a part of the team. Um, and I always joke around, I basically consider him in-house as well. Uh, and he's been killing it on all fronts from Facebook ads to just, um, banners on the website, website development and creation. He's been killing it. Um, we got a snoozer now. We got a snoozer now. Um, driver Jamie, driver Jamie is just the nicest person in the world to the point where it will make you feel bad about yourself. And I kind of got that same vibe from Travis Pastrana too, where he's so nice that it makes you feel like that you're kind of a POS. Um, so shout out driver Jamie for that. And I can't wait to get driver Jamie just more involved all the way around at a, at a facility. Um, it's going to be, so, he's going to be the perfect person to have at a facility, the perfect person just to be able to, to be the face of the community and, He's been hyperactive inside of the Moto Academy app, which is awesome. Doing tech tip of the week featuring driver Jamie has been super cool. Uh, and he's killing it with that, which is awesome. Coach Mitchell taking the reins while I'm home with Millie to be able to trust the trainer to go out under the Moto Academy name without me there is a huge, huge, huge deal. And that's a scary thing to do. Um, and he's been doing amazing. Uh, he's a good person and you could just tell he's a kind soul he has uh he has a good vo vocabulary he articulates well he has style that looks just like mine which is perfect um so we couldn't have found a better person to be training um just acting as our head coach especially in a time right now where i haven't been traveling that's been that's been huge that's been huge um yeah so i'm just grateful for not just you guys listening, um, but the team and everybody and Allie too, even out like forget about Allie as a wife. Allie is a part of the team Moto Academy since she's been on maternity leave is like next level. It's next level. And it's quite awesome because I felt momentum before, but I feel it now to the point where I think I use this term with Rob on the pod podcast, but just reaching kind of that escape velocity in the sense that we just have so much compounding momentum. And I know things always come up, things always happen. There's always challenges, but uh, it feels really, really, really good to be in the position that we're in. So I will update you guys on what this kind of secret is as soon as, as soon as I can. Oh, what's so funny? As soon as I can. Uh, and that is though, is what's essentially determining the timeline of, of my supercross season this year. Um, what else is new? Oh, I forgot about my coffee here. Only had two sips of this freaking thing. Um, this episode is sponsored by element. Go check them out. Go get it. It is the best way to hydrate period. I've experimented with everything. I'm also very, very keen on like making sure that my hydration is on point, always have been. And Element is the is the best stuff I've ever tried. You can go to drinklmnt.com slash AJCat330. It will bring you guys to a personalized landing page where when you make an order, it will toss in all of the flavors for free. So that way you can try them. Um, if you've already put in an order, I think it still continues to work for you guys and you just get more free flavors um, just to be able to add them to your order. I love all the flavors. The only ones I personally haven't liked were like there was there was one that was like spicy. So I, I'm sure people are into that. I'm not, um, but I mix it very lightly. Don't do a full packet at first or maybe ever. I only do about a third of a packet in this Yeti. And I don't know how much water is in here always wondered that it's not much but i do about a third oh wait right here 18 ounces okay so i do a third a third to a half packet in an 18 ounce bottle 
If you do a full packet, you're going to be turned off just by the fact that it's too salty. Uh, I don't mind that, but if you're just acquiring the taste, don't go full packet. And also, you'd be able to make the stuff last longer, which is always good. Um, so try that, and thank you guys for those of you that have, because they just signed on to another extended deal with us, and I'm pumped. I'm pumped. So that's super cool. Okay, I'm going to dive into your guys' questions. Uh, hopefully, I haven't bored you in this first 30 minutes of me just yapping about thanking people. But I think it's important, even if they're not listening. Whoa, big yawn. All right, Millie, I'm going to put you down because you look like you're actually ready to go into your hot dog. Oh, boy. Oh, good girl. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Where's your... Oops, sorry. Let me move that. Good job, Millie. Good night. All right, we're going to dive into some questions because why the heck not? Um, thank you guys for sending questions if you want to. You can go to club.themotoacademy.com. Only people inside of the app are the ones that are able to fire these questions through. So I love seeing new faces, love seeing old familiar faces. Um, and I, I enjoy doing this. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to me answer these. Let's figure out a way to do this that's not completely out of order and doesn't make sense. Shout out Barkbuster Ben. Hey, AJ and the Moto Academy. Barkbuster Ben here. I'm thinking about tattoos. Um, I think it's time for my first tattoo, finally. Um, I would really like the mindset tattoo that Jet has. Wait, hold that thought. So, first of all, right off the bat, Jackson just got his first tattoo. Uh, I haven't had a tattoo in a long, long time. I I do want all of the team... All the team has talked about getting Moto Academy tattoos. Driver Jamie already got one, so shout out Driver Jamie. I kind of want a Moto Academy tattoo somewhere. Um, okay, but mindset tattoo. Okay, that's cool. I like I like mindset. I think Jet is, Jets is kind of cool. It's on his forearm, I think. Um, same same design, same spot. I think that's a good conservative uh, first tattoo. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, would also like to hear some of your tattoo stories, what you have and why. Um, and shout out to Driver Jamie. Thanks. Shout out Driver Jamie. Okay, cool. Yeah, Barkbuster Ben, good question. I think that that's a... Uh, especially if it has meaning to you, which I think mindset's a cool word. I think it looks good. Um, and I think that all, most all of my quotes and all of the things written on me are mindset related. Let's let's give you guys a very quick tour. For those of you listening, I'll do my best to describe uh, what it is I'm showing everybody. Uh, I got my first tattoo, don't judge me, when I was 14 years old. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, just hitting buttons. So, hopefully that didn't mess anything up. Good girl, good, great job. Um, <laughs> 14 years old. <laughs> oh, my first tattoo, um, the one on my back. The name on the the name on the back. Where did that one come from? I'm gonna show you guys. We're just gonna take my shirt off like a crazy person. So, Millie, please take a nap. You're okay. Okay, so one to my back. Can you see it? Don't know if you can see it or not. It's hanging in there, considering it is now almost 10 years old, and it's on a place on your body that, like, ooh, that's cold, that gets a lot of direct sunlight. It actually still looks pretty good. The reason I got that one is because uh, Ryan Sheckler had it and I thought it looked cool. That's why I got it. If I were to get any removed, the one on my back would probably be one of those. I don't necessarily absolutely hate it, but I don't really like it either. So I would, I would get that one removed. Um, second tattoo would have been right here on my arm. I'm not even positive. That says strength. Not the most creative uh, idea of all time, um, but it worked in kind of nicely, I guess, to this sleeve, which this sleeve was really pieced together. I'm coming. I'm coming. She has never been this difficult. Hi. Hi. 
Hi. Okay, you just want me to hold you or something? Um, can I just say that you smell a little bit like poop? You smell a little bit like poop. So, there's that. Uh... And then I think when I was 16, 17, I just started to build out the sleeve on the right side. I was really into angels. I thought that like a guardian angel was kind of a cool concept. Um, I don't think that her face isn't necessarily super well done. But again, the wings look good. And the, that one's held in there pretty good as well. Um, then I got the clock down bottom here in Germany. And that is 223, which is uh, February 23rd. That's my great grandpa Albert's birthday. That's who I'm named after. So I thought that was kind of a cool one. That's the story behind that. And it was done in Germany, which I think was, it's always fun to get tattoos in other places. Um, then on my forearm, again, I, I don't know if you guys are gonna be able to see any of this or not. It says, if you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out in the world, we find success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. So that's an excerpt from a poem. Um, and I forget who it's by, but what's super, super interesting is that when I read Think and Grow Rich for the first time last year, in the first third of the book, it tosses a little poem in there because it always kind of tosses in quotes from different people. And that was in there. And I got that when I was 18 years old and I didn't even understand the significance of it. I was getting all of these quotes on my body about kind of mindset related things. And I didn't understand the first thing about mindset when I was 18 years old or 20 or 21 years old. I had no freaking idea. And now that I read a lot of them back on me, I'm like, you know what? The I love that, first of all. Um, and it resonates so much with what I'm into now. Oh, you want, you want more, don't you? Okay. All right. Well, if you would, if you would drink a little, I'm coming. Here we go. Right here. Here, here. Whoa, got a strong neck. Good job. Uh, let's see. Capping off my sleeve at the top. It says impossible is nothing. Again, pretty on brand with my way of thinking, uh, especially now. I think back then impossible, everything was impossible. I thought everything was impossible. So I didn't really mean it when I got that. Um, but now I believe that. So that's kind of cool. On the inside, there was a hand coming up from kind of the flowers that are all down the bottom of my sleeve and then a hand coming down kind of from the clouds, like from my armpit, because up in the clouds are the angels. So it just sort of ties the whole theme together. I think that sleeve on my right arm is about eight or nine different tattoos that were all kind of pieced together to make a sleeve. My left sleeve is really three big pieces, made it a little bit easier to tie everything in together. I have the lion up top, um, which the lion signifies just strength and leadership and leadership and like just integrity, I, I guess you would say. Um, and I love how lions look. I think that it looks, that's probably my favorite tattoo. My second favorite is on the inside of my bicep on this arm, which is a lion with the red eyes because I wanted another lion. And I kind of like the one with the red eyes sort of hidden on the inside, like signifying um, you kind of have that dark side in a sense. I just thought it was cool. Uh, then I have an hourglass on my, from my elbow to my wrist, which this, a lot of the right side having uh, the clock and then this left side Oh no, right side under the angel also, it says it's just a matter of time, which I actually freaking love that. And that was a Mike Posner lyric because I was a giant, giant Mike Posner fan. So I got it. It's just a matter of time written uh, right on top of that elbow. So a lot of this arm is time themes. And then I got the, um, what the heck is it called? Hourglass on this side, again, tying into the time theme. And we just got a bunch of roses on this arm with the Marilyn Manson, half Marilyn Manson, half uh, skull. And that was with a quote that I was into at the time, which was um, glory is fleeting, but obscurity is forever. And I was kind of, I was intrigued by that quote. And essentially it means like fame, fortune, all of that is short lived, but being a nobody 
Uh, you're you're nobody forever. Which I don't know how much I resonate with that quote now, but I love the tattoo still. Millie, you're absolutely killing me. You want a little more, don't you? You want more? Here. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, whoa. Then the one on my chest, which is another one that I would get removed, is, I, I like the quote, but I just don't like the location necessarily. And also, um, Allie would definitely say this right off the bat, the, the one on my chest is the one she hates the most by far. The one on my side, and I'll show you in a second, that's the one she hates second most, I think. One of my chests is dream as if you'll live forever, live as if you'll die today. And a lot of people get that quote mixed up. I think a lot of people think it's live as if you'll die tomorrow. It could probably go either way. I've heard it both ways. I was told the proper quote is actually live as if you'll die today, which again, resonates with me really, really well to this day kind of goes into the mindset theme uh, as well. I've got, this one's actually still one of my favorites just because I can't even show you. I'll show you in a second. Uh, what else we got? On my side, what does that say? One life to live? I mean, I hate that. That's stupid. Probably a stupid location. Probably doesn't look that good either. Um, so yeah, I'd probably get that one removed too, to be quite honest. Holy moly, it's okay. You got gas? Like what What seems to be, what's your complaint? What's your complaint? You want a little skin to skin action? I bet you like that. Okay. All right, turn your head one direction or the other. It's okay. You can throw up on me again. Good job. Uh, well, now I can actually show you. I got Imagine written on my finger. I remember when I walked into the tattoo studio for this one, the tattoo artist said, well, listen, I do finger tattoos all the time. I just want to let you know that thing's going to last a month if you're lucky. I got this 10 years ago. It still looks like I got it yesterday. I don't know how. I don't know how. I took really good care of it like the first week when it was healing. And I think that played a big factor. Um, I really think that plays a huge factor with tattoos, to be honest, is like that first healing process is so critical, making sure you take care of it. Um, speaking of taking care of it, there's different different philosophies. Back when I did it, they would have me let it air out for the rest of the day once I got it. And then the first night or the first two nights, maybe, I think I would clean it, put the ointment on it. I would use like tattoo goo. I think is what it was called. It smelled like lavender, I'm pretty sure, which I I now always, when I smell lavender, I think of getting tattoos. And I don't know if you guys can relate to that. And then I'd wrap it at night and it would like ooze and you'd wake up and there'd be ooze and gross stuff all over your pillow uh, and your sheets. But that's the way I did it for all of mine. And I will say all of mine have held up extremely, extremely well. People compliment my work often and they say it looks like I just got it and all of my work is pretty old at this point. Um, I got the one on my side which I dislike in Australia. I got the one on the inside of this arm which is really cool. It's probably the best work on me uh, in Ecuador. Shout out Mateo in, in Ecuador. Um, and yeah, that's my tattoos. I don't really have much of an urge to get any more other than I think the Moto Academy one would be kind of cool. Hide it somewhere on my body so it's not super obvious. Um, and yeah, I support tattoos. I think it's as long as it's unique to you and I, I'm not one to really like make sure you, it's on you forever. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, you could always get it removed. It's not on you forever. Even if it is who, who really cares. Um, but yeah, if I were to do it all over again, I probably wouldn't do the one on my chest back, but I would probably still do sleeves. There's something about I like having sleeves because I'm really articulate for the most part. I don't swear. Uh, I'm pretty polite and kind, hopefully. And so when I have a long sleeve shirt on or when I have my jersey on uh, for, at class, for example, you would never guess that I'm the type of the type of person to have two sleeves or to be like pretty tatted up. And then uh, when I take my shirt off, I just have tattoos everywhere, which I think is kind of a cool... Um, is it contradiction? What's the thing? 
called can't find the adjective guys can't find the adjective unbelievable good question barkbuster ben go Ooh, sorry millie good luck with your first tattoo i'm sure i will say that location won't hurt at all um on the topic of hurting most painful spots by far inside of my armpit so right on the inside it feels like they're drilling into your armpit not fun not fun and my sittings especially on this left arm here like the lion, 10 hours. Hourglass, 10 hours. Marilyn Manson and Roses, 10 hours. Ecuador uh, lion on the inside, which I haven't been able to show you guys yet, nine or 10 hours. These are So I sit for long periods of time. It's difficult. So if you are ever going to sit for a long period of time, um, bring something in to eat, hydrate, or you're going to start to really, really feel faint and gross and you're going to sweat and you're going to feel, it's it's painful. It, it can, there's definitely painful spots and there's also spots that I have so much stuff on just drink of choice which one do you choose a little bit of breast milk action uh, vanilla sweet cream cold brew or element that's a, that's a good trifecta that's a good trifecta um, good question good question if you guys ever need tattoo advice or you have tattoo questions feel free to ask because I I do have actually quite a bit of experience, although it's been a while, so I don't know if they've changed the process uh, since. Oh, hang on a second. We got B-Lat sending in a video, Brian Latimer. Hey, AJ. Um, thinking about getting a second dirt bike. That's embarrassing to talk about, but it's kind of getting hard to, uh, like when I need to work on one bike, I don't want to be all, like off the bike for two weeks if I need to do a top end. Right now, I'm getting my suspension service. I have no no idea when I'm gonna get it back. So I'm thinking about getting a second bike. I got my eyes on a KTM 300 SX. You see me ride, you know about where I'm at. Um, just was curious to know if that would be a good option for a second bike. I thought I didn't really want to get the same bike. I thought it'd be good, cool to mix it up at some time too, just to make riding a little bit more fun instead of having the same bike, the same 250F. So. You know, I got the Yamaha 250F thinking about getting a two-stroke for the second bike, KTM 300SX. Let me know what you think. Brian, great question. Um, in good... Oh, good job. Good job. You know what? Before I answer that question, Brian, let me put my shirt back on because this was a, that was the tattoo segment. And now if this gets clipped on YouTube and I'm just doing a segment with my shirt off, that's going to be confusing for listeners. So <laughs> I'm just going to start doing podcast episodes without my shirt on. Um, great question. And I like where your head's at with that because I think different bikes are are fun on different tracks. There's some tracks that are a blast on a four stroke. There's some tracks that are a blast on a two stroke. There's some tracks that are insanely fun on a 125. And then there's other tracks that absolutely suck to ride on a 125. Um, there's tracks that are blast on the e-bikes, like the Stark or the Alta. And there's some tracks that might not be as fun. So I, I would say if you can mix it up, if you can afford to have multiple bikes, absolutely do it. I think, honestly, you would really want to have probably three or four. Um, here's my philosophy. If money is no, uh, if money isn't a factor, you want a two stroke, you want a four stroke, you want a, a bike for the woods, and you want a electric bike. And I'm sure I could keep adding to that list, but those would be the base four. Uh, KTM 300, excellent choice. I think that's one of the best all-around bikes you could get. You'll you'll absolutely love it. You'll absolutely love it. So get it. And when you do, can I ride it? Also, when you took your clutch out, uh, for those listening, I rode Brian's bike. It was in the mud, so it was a little hard to tell, but I, it felt like your, your clutch was slipping really, really bad. I, I think I saw a picture or a video of you pulling the clutch plates out and they were bright purple. Um, but I'd be curious to hear, were they, was your clutch fried or was it just me being um, a prima donna? 
So yeah, 300 KTM, second bike, do it. 100%, I support that. LG60. Hey, how's it going, AJ? Um, my question is, what is a good uh, routine for when I go to the track uh, on the weekends? Right now, really all I do is do my moto for 10 minutes, take a break, another 10 minute moto, just kind of do that. But I was wondering, should I have some more structure, like hit the turn track for a while or do a stand-up only? I mean, what, what do you think, what's a good structure? Thank you. Uh, great question, and wherever you are, I want to be there. It looks like Hawaii, but it looks beautiful wherever you are. Structure. So I, this is what I say at classes a lot. It's kind of the lecture I give at the beginning of the day, and then I remind riders at the end of the day, is that the majority of people are going out there and not riding with a purpose and just really aimlessly spinning laps with no rhyme or reason as to what, what they're doing. None. I, I was even guilty of that at times. I've also, I'd say for the most part, been very, very intentional with where my what I'm doing on a, on a given day. But there was time periods where I would just go out and spin laps because I was having fun. Um, I think it's more fun, subjectively speaking, to be able to track progress. And you're only going to track progress if there's a, a rhyme and reason of, of what you're doing. I would say do longer sessions if you can. Um, 10 minutes is a little short. 10 minutes, at least for me, again, subjectively speaking, it would tempt me to go too fast. And I would kind of go into sprint mode, which sometimes sprinting is fun, uh, but a lot of times it's not. And a lot of times sprinting uh, creates bad habits, uh, can be dangerous, and it you forget about all the things that you should be thinking on about technically. So I would say extend those motos a little bit. If you could be doing 15 to 20 minute sets, that would be ideal. Then if you wanna keep this answer really simple, just add in one small thing to each of those. So kind of have one stipulation for each. You see uh, there, I think the Deegans and Star Racing, Gareth Swanpool has the Star Guys doing this, which is a fun concept. Taking the rear brake off and taking the clutch off and doing motos without the rear brake and the clutch, or one or the other, no clutch or no rear brake, both great options as well. So you can do your moto as normal, but you, you're missing that one thing, or you have to think about that one thing. It's a very good way to fix bad habits and to improve because instead of going out there and trying to work on 25 things at once, where ultimately you're gonna do none of it, you can knock one thing off that list at a time. Um, other things you can do with that, a little bit easier to implement other than taking parts off your bike. Stand-up drill, super easy. You can do stand-up motos all the time. I recommend doing stand-up moto each time you go to the track. It's the best way to build fitness, first of all. And then it is a perfect way to create flow. It's a safe way to learn the track. Uh, it's easy to be able to work on the attack position without having to add in the variables of constantly sitting, standing, sitting, putting your foot out, standing. Um, you could also, I just said don't tie things together, but what I was gonna say is you could also do stand up only and then also eliminate the rear brake and the clutch and talk about flow. That will put you into a, an amazing flow because you're just, you don't have to worry about doing anything. Um, other ones you can do, one-handed drill. I'm a huge, huge advocate of the one-handed drill. I've been doing it since I was I think three years old, I learned it at a Gary Bailey school, shout out Gary Bailey. And I've, or maybe it was David Bailey, or maybe it was both. I think Gary and David were both there. I was on a 50. So all I remembered from the whole day was doing the one-handed drill. Um, teaches total control from the waist down. And really, if you're doing something wrong, when that hand comes off, you're gonna realize it. So do motos with the one-hand drill, be careful. But those are great. Uh, feet on the pegs. You can do a moto where you say, okay, I'm gonna keep my feet on the pegs this entire time. And you can even create little games where, okay, my foot comes off or if it touches the dirt, uh, I'm gonna start accumulating push-ups by the end of this thing. You could, by the end of it, if you dab your foot 10 times, you have to do 100 push-ups, something like that. Uh, but it just anchors your focus into one thing without making it too complex. Those three, stand up only, one hand, feet on the pegs, are my key three. Those are the three that I've done the longest. Those are the three that I would always recommend to anybody. They're easy to implement uh, and they teach all of the right things. So good question. 
Hopefully that answered it. Um, invite me to wherever you are. Shout out local A class. Next Welcome question. To, Welcome to the Moto Academy News. I'm your host, local A class. Today's top story, does pineapple belong on pizza? But first, we're gonna take it to local A class in the garage for a breaking story. Thank you, local A class. This is local A class reporting from the garage. So I spent all day at the track yesterday and I had someone tell me that because I'm riding a 450, I must be lazy. So my question to you is, does a 450 in fact make you lazy or does it just seem easier because the bike has more power? Back to you in the studio. Thank you, local A-Class, for that breaking story. Tune in next time to find out if the real GP really does have a teleprompter. Thank you and good night. Does the real GP really have a teleprompter? That's the question of the day, local A-Class. Love it. Creative, creative entry. Uh, I always love, we should probably give away a, like a award at the end of each year on who has the most creative video submissions because I, I love seeing those. That's awesome. Um, okay, question. What was the question? First of all, pineapple on pizza. I'm for it. I, I like me a little Hawaiian pizza action. Um, second question, 450 doesn't make you lazy. Good girl. Go ahead. Don't swat it. Yes, it absolutely can. I think that a 450 is for the most part, for most people, would be a good supplemental bike. Uh, depending on height and weight, uh, for, like for, exam for example, a 450 would not be a bike I would want to ride all year round, all the time without having another bike. I think it's nice for me to be able to hop on Supercross on a 250. And then when I go outdoor, be in a 450. I think for me, that's a good balance to be able to work on aggression and riding a bike a little harder, uh, having to work a little harder, having to shift a little more, especially like when you get my straight rhythm bike and ride a 125. I always forget I have a 125 also. Um, the the 125 is like, other than a pit bike, it's, one, it's the most physically demanding thing you could do because you are shifting 50 times a lap instead of two or three on a 450 or sometimes zero. Uh, you've got a shift while standing up, which is pretty complex sometimes. Uh, whoa! You've got to shift multiple times for straightaway, just the downshift a second later. Uh, and I think that's good practice. I think when you ride a 450 all of the time, uh, you lose a little bit of that. Same thing like on the electric bikes where you see the Stark. They, you could put the rear brake up on the handlebar and you never have to shift and you never have to use the rear brake. So it's taking factors away from it. I think to some extent that's fun. Um, but I think it's good to supplement with a bike that's maybe sometimes more difficult to ride. But there's also tracks where the 450s a, a hunk of a bike to try to control. Like on some supercross tracks, that the, the 450 was way harder to ride. Way harder to ride. Sometimes even dangerous. So, uh, yeah, I think that generally speaking, uh, can you say a 450 makes you lazy? I, I would say no, but there's definitely truth to that statement. Um, and I always tell people that if you if you have um, the ability to be able to purchase multiple bikes, then supplementing something else with your 450 is absolutely, absolutely the move. Good girl. Man, I tell you what, she can't make up her mind whether she's hungry or wants to sleep. Oh, well, well, local A class. Good question. Great question. Don't let them. Don't let them tell you you're you're lazy. Oh, Mark two four. Shout out UK. Hi AJ. Mark two four here. Uh, again, not so sunny UK. Unfortunately, getting a bit of snow here today, which is uh, not great for riding. My question today is three um, fifties. Um, why do you think that? At the moment, it's only KTM, Husky, etc. Uh, that um, that group of um, models. Why do you think it's those brands that have only brought out the 350 and the Honda, Suzuki's, Yamahas? I've never thought about going 350. I ride a 350, and I kind of think it's a good in between between a 250 and a 450. Um, very much like a, a twist and go bike. So my question to you guys is, why do you think that a lot of the other brands haven't followed suit with KTM and brought out a, fifth, uh, a 350 bike? Uh, interested to see what you guys think of it. Cheers, thanks, bye. 
you know, I'm sure that that answer might exist somewhere in that there's got to be a reason, right? But with just completely speculating, there's a lot of, there's a lot in this sport that is, you know, sort of old school, closed-minded maybe to some extent, uh, risk adverse to some extent. So maybe these a lot of these manufacturers are just sticking to what they know and they don't want to try that bike. I think it's an important bike. I think a 350 is a perfect in-between. It doesn't feel like a 450. Definitely doesn't feel like a 250. And I, for me, a 350 is a bike that I would, you know, I love 350s. I would ride it and I would probably choose that bike at almost the majority of tracks. I know there's a lot of people that advocate for them. Gypsy Tales, Jace, shout out. Uh, Jace swears by the 350. And I agree. I mean, I think at that height and weight, especially, he's probably not far. I don't know if I've ever met him in person, actually. Have I? Uh, but at least he appears to be close to my height and weight. 5'11", uh, 160 pounds, give or take. Um, that's a great weight to be able to choose between the three, 250, 350, and four. Um, but it puts you in a perfect, perfect weight for that 350. Why, why, why don't they? I don't know. But also, why don't all of them have electric bikes at this point? How are they letting a company like Stark get such a head start on that market. I don't understand that. I also don't understand why the KTM E50s have been out for a few years now and they don't have a 65 one yet or an 85 one. I, I don't know. I guess things take a while, but not sure. Not sure. That's It's really hard to say, but for me, I'm like a creative freak of nature. I just, I thought of that idea 15 years ago. So, and putting it in action is is a whole nother story. I'm sure a million other people also thought of that idea. But uh, there's also multiple ideas with Moto Academy that will happen and we'll be the first to do it. And I still don't understand how we'll be the first. I, I don't get it. Uh, more brands, make a 350. For the two people listening to this podcast, more 350s. I vote, I vote 350s. Honda, make a 350. Millie, what do you say? You want a Honda and a Yamaha 350? Ooh, Yamaha 350? That would be a fun bike. But so would a Honda 350. It's a perfect amount of power. Suzuki 350 for driver Jamie? You kidding me? Shout out, Mark24. Good question. All right, we got two more. And then, uh, but actually before that, guys, I hate to do this to you. I've got to order food. And guess what I'm going to do? Ordering from DoorDash here. We're going to go with, and I'm going to blame this completely on Matt Flood. So shout out Matt Flood, but guess what we're going with? I'm going to order five guys. We're going to get a bacon cheeseburger, plain. So just bacon and cheese on that. And then we're going to go with a little fry. Because if you know five guys, that means they're going to fill that bag with fries. So that would be plenty. Uh, let's see. We're going to continue. Um, address is accurate. 45 minutes it'll be here. Tip. Um, let's do $4. Why not? And then, okay. Placing order. And come on. Come on. Order is pending what's happening here order is placed boom five guys on the way forty dollars for a cheeseburger unbelievable unbelievable okay next question two more how do i find it oh shout out peter i think peter just got a new bike by the way i want to see footage of him on it what's up everyone um got a question related to buying new bikes brand new bikes so the question is does the issue of a brand new bike comes blocked when you buy it and then when they register the bike in your name uh they basically unblock the issue and this related only to motocross bikes of course um I don't know. Do you guys hear about this before? Did it happen to you? 
they told me this and they they didn't really convince me man <laughs> so yeah cheers <laughs> um i've never heard of that i've never heard of that it would maybe be a good thing to deter thieves maybe if you had it tuned down so the thing barely ran and then you could i i don't know i've definitely never heard of that but on the topic of ecus if you're getting a new bike play around with it because it can make that machine feel completely different completely different and a lot of these bikes have a basically infinite amount of map options that you could utilize so don't just you know play around with the ones on your handlebar sure but if you can do it even more so than that like if you can get on the hondas like last year i was running the get ignition and we could have those guys set that up however we wanted which was really quite nice you wouldn't even have to bother with like sprocket changes at all uh but good question no i've never heard that they might do it in other countries i don't i don't know i don't know w Corey five shout out first time submission person i think what's up aj quick question i'm a little late to the game i just turned 18 but i got my first dirt bike and i finally got it running i'm wondering what i should start working on any good tips or ideas of what I should first focus on trying to learn? Uh, also, shout out Kenny C18. Yeah, Kenny C. Oh yeah, Kenny C18. Shout out. Uh, shout out W Corey Five. Good question. Uh, Kenny C18 has a Stark on the way, dude. I'm jealous. I am jealous. Just imagine if I just had a sip of the breast milk by accident. Um, I want to blow up one of my bikes so I can get a Stark. Lucky kid. That's awesome. Uh, you deserve it. it you, you're, you're an awesome kid. You, you're kind. You're respectful. You, yeah, enjoy that Stark. Um, that's super cool. So W Corey 5 what the heck was the question? Just started at 18. Awesome. It's never too late to start. Uh, certainly not at 18 years old. I would basically teach him or I would teach you the same way that I would teach a, a a kid that was riding a 50. It, the attack position, the stand-up position is the most important thing. It's step one to uh, assuming you know how to sit on the bike and go down a, a, the road, but twist the throttle, understand how the throttle works. You need to learn the attack position. So go into member bonuses in the app. Once you get into member bonuses, go to beginner category, and there's going to be really, really thorough breakdowns of everything within that attack position and what it should look like, what it shouldn't look like, and uh, the most effective ways to practice those things. We also have a masterclass coming out uh, in this month at some point, so within the next couple of weeks, on just a bike on a stand in your garage going through the attack position, which I think will be really useful for anybody to create muscle memory, especially in the off season. Uh, but definitely for new riders trying to eliminate all variables and to practice in a smart way. And if you just have to toss the bike up on a stand and go through the attack position, filming yourself a few times so you can see what it looks like, extremely valuable, extremely valuable. Um, so start there. And please, if you haven't done this already, send me a message inside of the app. Make sure you send me a message. Utilize the direct message feature as much as you can. That's where you're going to be able to leverage the app the most. In you know whether you're watching the other content on there or not, you need to use me to be able to make sure I'm guiding you the right way. Uh, it's super easy to focus on the wrong things. If you start with me from scratch, whether you're 18 years old, four years old, or 54 years old, I can get somebody really, really good in a very short amount of time. Very short amount of time. I could take somebody at 18 years old and if I worked one-on-one -on -one with you for six months, I could have you winning the C-class and not that going fast matters, but also winning the C-class looking like a slow motion version of a pro rider in less than a year. Now that would take complete dedication, but it would take starting with me from scratch. That's having zero bad habits whatsoever and being a complete blank slate. A lot of people don't have that privilege, but if you do, leverage it. And there's a lot of people inside the app that do that. A lot of people get in there before they even have a bike. They watch the YouTube content. They're involved in the community in the app. They're sending me messages. They're asking questions. And for a lot of these people, I didn't even realize that they just don't even have a bike yet. And then they get a bike after they've learned all of these things and they start on the right foot without bad habits. That is the biggest advantage I can think of. Now it's never too late. 
If you have all the bad habits, that's okay. So didn't I at one point, but you have to break them one at a time, but having a clean slate, that's awesome. I'm excited for you. Send me a message in the app, uh, but good question. All right, guys, um, I'm going to go wait for my lunch to get here. I'm going to go uh, probably change a diaper because something smells a little questionable. Something definitely smells a little questionable. Next episode will probably be with Alley Cat. Thank you guys for listening. Number one podcast in motocross. I'm very grateful for every single one of you. Oh, dirt bikes doing wheelies down the road. Good way to end it. I love this neighborhood. Okay, guys. Good episode. Hour and 12 minutes. Toodaloo.